Hello world. Hello Tallahassee again. You're listening to Mr. Speaker Speaks, the podcast that informs, challenges, and inspires. It is real talk from real people about real things. And it's called Mr. Speaker Speaks, but it's the show, you know, where the guests really get an opportunity to speak because it's not about me. It's all about you. Learn more about me at VincentTEdwards.com and you can join the online community at VincentOnDemand.com where you can find a lot of online training to help your personal and professional development because life is all about purpose. And I always say, do you know yours, but are you living your purpose? My guest today is going to be the master of worldview, and we're going to talk about worldview and marketplace ministry. My guest today will be Dr. Freddie Davis. But just want to let you know that today's show is brought to you in part by the Knight Law Firm, specializing in personal injury law, criminal defense law, family law. You can call them at 850-513-3151. Learn more at nightlawflorida.com. The Night Law Firm, the representation you need, the service you deserve. That's the Night Law Firm. But, you know, there's, there's sometimes, you know, when you um, may not need an attorney right away, but how about having an attorney in your back pocket at all times? Um, you can do that uh, for less than a dollar a day. You want to find out how you can get access to a national network of law firms? Just go to MrSpeaker.com. That's M-R-S-P-K-R.com. That's MrSpeaker.com. You know, like always on Mr. Speaker Speaks, we open up with prayer. And my guest today is a man in the ministry, a man who loves God. And Dr. Davis is going to lead us in prayer The floor is yours, Dr. Davis. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to know you and to serve you. And Lord, we just uh, look forward to all of the different opportunities that you place before us to uh, be a servant of yours, to touch people's lives. And Lord, as we do this podcast this evening, I just ask that you would uh, just guide everything that's done so that what will come out in the end is something that will accomplish your purpose. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. 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 And our inspirational passage of scripture today comes from the book of first Peter, first Peter chapter three, verse 15. And the word of the Lord reads, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Got to be ready at all times. And today we're going to talk about um, world view, world view. Dr. Davis, I mean, you've done so many different things. You are the founder, president of Market Faith Ministries. You're an author. You've written many books books, you've been a pastor. What excites you the most about ministry? Well, my ministry, Market Faith Ministries, is a worldview discipleship ministry, and it's actually Christian discipleship that excites me the most. Um, I, I'm a firm believer 
that the the purpose of Christian leaders is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. I go uh, for my inspiration on that, uh, the passage in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, where uh, the, the Apostle Paul gives us uh, a list of different leaders in the church, and then he goes on to say what the purpose or what the, the real job of those leaders is, which is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Uh, the way that I understand it, the way that I see it is that that Christian leaders, church leaders, their main purpose is to equip the minister, the, the, the bulk of ministers that uh, have to go out into the world to make a difference for Christ uh, in the world. And so, uh, so it's the, the whole idea of discipleship that really excites me the most. And my, my entire purpose, the purpose of uh, Market Faith Ministries uh, is to give uh, Christians the kind of equipping that will put them in a position to be effective in sharing their faith uh, and living out their faith out in their lives every day. As it relates to ministry, what is your most memorable moment as a child growing up as it relates to ministry? As a child? Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> I was very fortunate uh, in in my life to have been raised in a in a home where my family was my parents were very active in church and so I grew up going to church. Uh, I suppose probably you know among the most memorable times in my life as it relates to to that was uh, first of all when I came to know the Lord uh, that was that was uh, uh, not necessarily a real pleasant experience, at least all of it. <laughs> the, the end result was, but the process was not, was not uh, uh, a, a fun thing for me, but, uh, but the Lord got my attention through it. I lo- then, we'd love uh, to hear that story. Oh, uh, well, you know, <laughs> for a lot of people, it's not that big a deal, but, uh, but I was a kind of a good kid growing up. I didn't get into trouble and stuff. And so uh, I, I went out on a date one time, and uh, coming home, I sort of exceeded the speed limit <laughs> and got caught by a highway patrolman that scared the fool out of me. <laughs> and uh, and it, it was that um, that experience that made me think that uh, there was more to life than just um, – uh, having fun. It, 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 uh, it pointed me to God. It made me, it made me reevaluate my life. A highway uh, patrolman. So huh? Not such a dramatic thing for, for a lot of people, but for me at that time, it was very, and, uh, and, and that, that's what really, um, uh, made me reach out to God. And, uh, so th- there was that. And then of course, um, when I felt led to, um, to go into Christian ministry, uh, it was, uh, I was in high school. It was a, a summer Christian camp that I went to and the Lord uh, uh, spoke to me through the experiences in that camp. And I uh, felt led to go into Christian ministry. And so in my younger years that you were just asking about, those are probably the two biggest uh, things that, that happened there. Mm. So have you always been full-time ministry? Or have you worked in other sectors, private sector? Um, what else have you done besides the ministry? 
Well, yeah, but well, before before I went out to seminary, obviously, um, I, I had uh, worked for the state for a couple of years. Uh, worked uh, as a photographer for a year. Um, and while I was in seminary, I had uh, some different jobs. I worked for a, a welding company uh, as a helper, and I worked for a children's home. Worked at a children's home. Uh, worked um, at a, a salad factory where we made uh, salads for 7-Eleven Company, <laughs> uh, Southland Corporation, and um, so I've uh, I've done you know different kinds of things like that. But after I graduated from seminary, uh, very quickly um, I, I became a pastor. Moved back to Tallahassee actually, and pastored a church for two years, and then uh, then my wife and I felt led by the Lord to, uh, to go into international mission work. And so we ended up, uh, going to Japan. We were there for nearly 12 years. And then after the iron curtain fell, uh, had the opportunity to transfer to the former Soviet Republic of Latvia. And we were there for five years. So nearly 17 years, uh, overseas doing missionary work and then, um, came back to the States and I've, uh, served, uh, as uh, I started a church, and I've served as an interim pastor, and I've served as a senior pastor for a church for several years, and um, and then the Lord opened it up uh, for me to do Market Faith Ministries, uh, uh, you know, put my full focus on that. So that's uh, that's kind of the story of my uh, my life there. So you had the the. Uh, the experience of intermingling with a lot of different cultures, a lot of different beliefs. And one term that's universal is God. Um, it's a, it's a term that people use and we don't necessarily know which God they are talking about in your travels. What did you learn there to help you really move into really wanting to teach on this concept of worldview? Uh, that's an excellent question. Uh, actually, in the past, the the worldview concept and the use of uh, worldview ideas and all was really more kind of a missionary idea, a missionary tool, if you will, uh, because uh, a, a worldview literally is a set of beliefs that people have, and everybody has one. Uh, whether you know what it is or not, everybody's got a, a, a set of worldview beliefs that, that guide their entire life. Uh, but a person's worldview belief is um, a, a, a set of beliefs that define the way that they understand how reality is structured. And that may sound a little bit... Um, academic in a way, but it is extremely, extremely practical. Uh, Break it we, down in, in simple terms for us, because that, you know, that seemed really, really high level. Um, because what I get out of it, everyone has a, a dominant underlying set of beliefs that guide them. Uh, yeah, it's even more than, uh, well, yeah, that, that guide them, but actually inform the way that they understand uh, how, what, what's real and what's fantasy. And so uh, the reason that it's so important for missionaries is because, like, for instance, when we were over in Japan, uh, the dominant 
uh, well, there were a couple of different dom- worldviews that were very dominant in Japanese society. One uh, is the sh- has to do with the Shinto religion, which is an animistic belief system, which uh, it believes that there are uh, many gods and spirits that exist in the world, and human beings then interact with them in a, kind of a symbiotic relationship. You take care of the spirits, and they take care of you. Uh, but then also naturalism is very prominent in Japan, uh, which is the belief that the natural universe is all that exists. Uh, and then we um, went uh, to, well, and, and also, I guess in Japan also, Buddh- Buddhism is very strong, which is a, a Far Eastern thought worldview system, which uh, believes, you know, kind of like a Star Wars, the force. Uh, it's a impersonal non-material, immaterial uh, life force that is ultimate reality. So uh, you've got these different ways that people understand how, you know, what's real and what's fantasy. And then, of course, uh, in America, what I grew up with and what probably most people, at least that are a little bit older, uh, grew up with is uh, theism was the dominant worldview, which is the belief that there is a God who exists, who is the creator, And so uh, as a missionary, you're having to deal with people from these other worldviews, and you've got to know how to communicate the gospel message, which is a theistic message, and help people that understand reality structured in a different way. For instance, they might believe that there are many gods and spirits in the world, or they might believe in the uh, the impersonal life force, or they may believe that there is no God, that uh, that this natural universe is all that exists. And so a missionary's got to be able to communicate the gospel from our platform as Christian theists to a different platform and make them understand. Because when they hear our message without having some way to bridge it, uh, they're thinking, okay, that's not even real. So it's more than just sharing the gospel message. You've got to share it in a way that bridges that gap. And so as a missionary, that was uh, an important tool that we had to have. When we came back to the States, America had changed quite radically. How so? Uh, we'd, been back, we'd been back to the States, obviously, you know, a few times, but but never to live here again and, you know, really get our heads back in. But when we did uh, move back, uh, it became obvious to me very quickly that American society had changed radically. And the, and the change, the major change that had taken place was a change from the dominance in most American um, uh, institutions from a theistic worldview foundation to a naturalistic worldview foundation. And so in our culture today, in American society today, naturalism dominates literally every one of the major institutions of our culture. Uh, Education, business, um, the media, entertainment, uh, and, and it's even becoming very prominent in a lot of churches. Um, it's, it's very sad to see. But uh, uh, And so it's, it used to be when I was growing up and I wanted to share my faith, for instance, with somebody that, um, that was not a Christian, I could just pull out 
some kind of gospel presentation like the four spiritual laws or pull out the Bible and, you know, look at the Romans road and just kind of show people how they could become a Christian. Because uh, when, when I would start out, uh, I could assume that, that even if they weren't Christians, they could, they would still um, understand the ideas of biblical i uh, biblical theology they they understood that there was one god and it was the god of the bible they knew that i was talking about that if i tr- you try to do that today and you're not necessarily getting that uh you you're just as likely to have somebody tell you that hey i don't even believe in god hmm. or i believe in you know the the impersonal life force <laughs> you know i believe in the force uh, or something else. And so now it's imperative for everyday Christians to be able to understand these worldview concepts so that we can bridge the, ca- the gap between our beliefs about reality, which is that God exists and, and that man is uh, a person created by God, made in his image, and that the uh, the most important thing in life is for us to be able to know God in a personal relationship. I've got to be able to communicate that, for instance, to somebody that uh, that does not believe that God even exists, that believes man is nothing more than a, uh, a, a an evolved animal creature with a highly evolved brain and who's only purpose in life is just to, you know, get the most that you can get out of life. So how do you bridge that gap? Just explaining the gospel message itself uh, doesn't necessarily do it because people hear that and they say, well, I just don't believe that. Wow. And so then that, that puts a whole nother spin on study to show that self approved unto God. I mean, you really have to have a knowledge, not only of scripture, but of other worldviews and how people view the world through their own eyes and, and their own lens. You briefly talked about different types of worldviews, but how many possibilities of worldview exist? What, what, what's out there? I mean, because now you're asking the, the lay member to almost have a seminary degree <laughs> to be able to present the gospel. I mean, h- how many of these worldviews exist that I must or I need to know to be able to effectively minister? Well, what you just said is, um, uh, I think, brings us to a very, very important thing. You, you mentioned about, you know, it seems like now you just about have to have a seminary degree. But that is why I um, feel so passionate about about being an equipper of the saints, because for most Christians, you know, seminary is not an option. And so church becomes their seminary. And if their church is not equipping them to be able to do these kinds of things, then they're probably not going to get it. And so, uh, yeah, the, the neat thing about understanding worldview concepts is that it does simplify things an awful lot, even though it may sound complicated. It's actually very simple because there's only four worldview categories. And I actually mentioned those. There's, there's the theism, which is the belief that, uh, that God, there is a God who's a creator. Then there's uh, naturalism, which is the belief that 
there is no such thing as any kind of transcendent reality. The natural universe is all that exists. And then you've got animism, which is uh, the belief that there are many gods and spirits that are out in the world, and uh, and you've got to somehow you know appease the spirits and uh, interact with the spirits that way. And then there's the Far Eastern thought ideas that um, uh, is the 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 idea behind Hinduism and Buddhism and uh, and Star Wars, the Force, uh, and so those are the four worldview categories. And so and then now. The, also, then the various religions then fall either into one of those four categories. Exactly. That's that's what makes it so simple, because once you understand the, the basic beliefs of the four worldview categories, every single religion, cult and philosophy that exists in the world is based in one of those four. And so once you understand the, the foundation, then you, when you hear somebody talk about their particular belief system, you can figure out very quickly which one of the four worldviews uh, that fits under. And then, um, uh, and, and then you, you're, you're in a position to talk to them in a way that can bridge the gap between them. Okay. And with that being said, I want to just pick one of them um, to set the stage because, uh, you know, naturalistic, uh, the uh, animistic and the Far Eastern. Okay, you can really kind of set those apart. But then when you come to a theistic worldview, there are a lot of different religions that say that there is one God. And so does Christianity. So now when you deal in that realm of one God, knowing that, how do you show them now that? In Christianity, this God is the only true God when they still believe that there is only one God. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, and, and, you've, and you really kind of uh, zeroed in on the, um, uh, on the issue as it relates to theism. Uh, when, when it comes to, well, let's, let's just back up one second here. First of all, we, we gave the definition that a worldview is a, a person's a set of beliefs that define a person's understanding of what is real and what is not. And so, and then we've got these two levels of beliefs. You've got the, the worldview level, which is the foundation. And by the way, most um, people are not even aware of their worldview beliefs. It, they, it is so foundational that you don't even think about whether it's true or not. People just assume that it's true. So it's actually programmed into the subconscious mind. You're saying, uh, well, uh, that's probably one way of uh, of expressing it. So it's uh, it's, um, it's just you just never think about it. I mean, when when somebody if somebody said to you God does not exist as a Christian, you would be your your response would be, uh, well, that's just not true. That's that doesn't reflect reality. And if a naturalist uh, said their belief to you that uh, the natural universe is only the only thing that exists, and that's the way you're going to respond to them, is that that's not real. And they're going to respond the same way to you when you tell them that God does exist. Because it's, it's just their underlying basic understanding of what's real and what's not real. Uh, but then you've got all these different belief systems and the, you have the same situation in theism where there are many different theistic belief systems. But still, even though there's many different theistic systems, you can have somebody 
believing the correct worldview, the worldview that actually reflects reality, but their understanding of the details of that reality be incorrect. For instance, uh, Islam believes that there's only one God, but the God that they believe in is entirely different than the God of the Bible. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses believe that there's only one God, but it's a different God than what is uh, expressed in Scripture. Right. So now, even though they wouldn't say that, correct. So now, how do you how do you deal with that? Because now, basically, you have on the table, in simple terms, three different gods. And so now, how do you go about in this theistic worldview, uh, communicating that your God is the true God amongst all the individual gods? Well, you know, it, it's when 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 you're talking about doing you know evangelism sharing the gospel with um with people the 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 work of ministry for christians is to clearly express the gospel message and so if somebody comes from a background that is non-theistic then for them to be able to understand the gospel message you have to help you have to help them understand the theistic worldview and then once they understand that then you can express the gospel message when you're dealing with somebody that's already a theist somebody that already believes that a god exists then you don't have to try to explain to them the ideas of theism they already understand that all you have to explain then is just the tenets the the basic beliefs uh, the bla- basic message of the gospel itself. And so as a Christian, it's our job to be very clear in communicating the message. But when it comes to a person receiving the message and accepting the message, we don't have any say in that. Uh, a person has to um, hear it, and then decide for themselves whether they're going to believe uh, what what God is prompting on their heart or not, and and we have to be willing to uh, kind of leave that in God's hands in a way because uh, uh, the Holy Spirit is the only one that can change a person's life. We don't have that capability. Correct. And okay. So, so job, what I'm hearing is uh, some some planted some watereth, but God gives the increase. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so uh and so we we just need to be effective in making sure that our gospel message that we share is clear enough for them to be able to make a decision. So we must become effective um messengers is what I'm hearing. Exactly. Exactly. So we must, the message must be clearly communicated in a way that it's understood. And then it's, it's out of our hands is what I'm hearing. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, I mean, we can still, you know, maintain if somebody rejects the gospel after we share it, you know, we, it's good to still maintain the relationship and uh, maybe, maybe the person uh, is just going to take some time to understand it all. So we, we need to maintain the relationship in order to, uh, to be able to answer questions and, uh, uh, express, you know, the gospel in front of their, their lives. But ultimately bottom line, uh, every individual has to make that decision for themselves. You had to do it for you. I had to do it for me. 
my my son had to do it for himself. Uh, I We can't do it for anybody else. You're listening to Mr. Speaker Speaks, and my guest today is Dr. Freddie Davis, and we are talking about worldview and marketplace ministry. Let us take a quick break real quick and just hear from one of our many sponsors. T-Spark Enterprises, roofing and construction services, T-Spark T-SparkConstruction.com We conquer all peaks We fix those darn leaks Call 850 T-Spark Enterprises Roofing and Construction Services T-Spark T-SparkConstruction.com T-SparkConstruction.com They're there for your roofing needs. Okay, uh, uh, Dr. Davis, so much is going on in today's world. People are extremely busy, but you're saying we must buckle down and we must, you know, learn how to communicate the message effectively. How do you help people do that? Churches, organizations, how do you help them clearly uh, communicate the message of the gospel? Well, uh, one of the the things that uh, is, I guess, uh, important for us to understand is since worldview beliefs are so foundational to everyone, uh, those beliefs affect the way that you think and the things that you do in every part of your life. And so it um, it affects the way that you think about and interact with and do politics and economics and sexual morality and social justice and education and uh, what you think about family and uh, how people interact with the news media and art and entertainment and government, uh, business. I mean, everything is a, that you do and everything that you think is a reflection of your worldview. And those beliefs then get played out in your life. Uh, in fact, uh, I will say that, you know, we've got kind of a big culture war going on in America these days. And uh, uh, virtually every one of those areas that I listed, uh, people are bumping heads uh, because what's what we've got going on is uh, different worldviews are vying for prominence uh, in those different areas. And so, uh, as Christians, it's important for us to understand the, the basis of a biblical worldview, how, how we should express our lives in all of these other areas of life based on the teachings of the Bible. So it becomes and, a matter of a lifestyle and not just head knowledge. Is what exactly. I'm hearing. Exactly. It, it's a matter. It, yeah. It, it, I mean, most of mostly we have been talking about sharing the gospel uh, because that is a very prominent uh, element. And and if and even when we are do interacting with people that have different views of all of those different areas that I um, uh, that I that I listed. Uh, if we if we want to be able to somehow come to an understanding with people 
then we have to be able to communicate across those worldview barriers. Uh, somebody that is a naturalist, for instance, needs to, they, even if they don't believe it, they still need to understand my Christian theist views if they want to be able to communicate with me. And by the same token, I need to understand their naturalistic views if I want to be able to understand them and where they're coming from. And if, and, and if either one of us want to try to convince the other, we've got to be able to bridge those barriers. And the way that you do that is that you, you know how the other person thinks. Uh, you not necessarily, in fact, you won't, you won't agree with the other person, but at least you know how they think and you can communicate with them in a way that uh, they understand, and you can uh, make them understand you as well. And, uh, and so we, we've got those kinds of dynamics. So, uh, and I guess just uh, maybe one particular area that, um, uh, I mean, we could, we could go down and, and list a thousand different places where, uh, where the culture war is playing out, but uh, one big prominent one is uh, is abortion, and uh, you know, a Christian worldview says that human beings are made in the image of God, and that uh, God is um, the author of life, and uh, a Christian a, a, a Christian biblical worldview is uh, is going to look to. Uh, uh, to say that life is sacred and that uh, we shouldn't be, uh, you know, killing babies in the womb. Whereas somebody that is a naturalist is going to look at it in a completely different way. They don't believe God even exists. So obviously God did not create uh, another person. Uh, human beings are nothing more than natural animals. And, uh, and so, you know, animals get killed all the time in the wild. And, uh, and so, uh, doing an abortion for them is is nothing more than just, um, you know, taking taking out a, another life and one that's not even viable at that uh, with that, and so you you can see just you know with that one issue where the two are coming from, and you know you look at the talking heads on TV typically, and they have uh, they'll have. Uh, you know, one person from one side and one person from another side, and they're talking at each other, and they're everything they say is just going right over the head of the of the other person. It's not even like they're talking to each other; they're talking past each other. And as uh, as Christians, as we live our life, as we look to express Christian beliefs out in the world, as we seek to um, promote. Policy, you know, policy that's based on Christian ideas and politics. As we seek to influence the morality that's expressed uh, on the big screen or on television, um, we've got to be able to say not only what it is that we believe, but why we believe it, and then try to share it in a way that makes sense to somebody that uh, believes something entirely different. And so, so yeah. yeah. So how do you help organizations do that? What, what do you bring uh, to, to the marketplace? And then we will talk about market faith ministries. How do you help organizations do that? What is it that you do? How can you help, you know, this, this pastor or this jurisdiction or this diocese 
with this whole concept of marketplace to help develop better messengers? Well, there's we've got uh, several resources uh, for doing that. One, obviously, are the, the various books that I've written. Uh, I've, I've written extensively on this topic of worldview and uh, on the ver- various practical implications of worldview. And so we've got those kind of resources. But then also, uh, I'm available to go and do uh, training for churches and Christian organizations on the topic of worldview. And we can, uh, we can deal specifically with uh, particular areas of interest. You know, if, uh, if a church is interested in um, and their people being able to be effective in their uh, Christian witness, then we can do like uh, evangelism training that focuses using worldview concept. If, uh, uh, if they are interested primarily in helping their people understand uh, the essential elements of a biblical worldview, then we can focus, you know, in on that particular area. Uh, if, um, and if they're if they're interested in uh, helping their people to understand how their biblical worldview interacts with in some of these different areas that we dealt with uh, in the world, then we can do you know training on helping people you know how 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 do you communicate um, Christian political policy in the in the in the political arena? How do you uh, communicate Christian, biblical Christian ideas uh, in the education sector. There's a lot of controversy going on right now in, in the arena of education. Um, in the news media, I mean, everywhere you turn, uh, the, the media is being spun in different ways. And so how, as Christians, uh, can we interact with that and understand where truth is and how to communicate truth? And so uh, business ethics, um, uh, you know, I mean, just just any particular area, we can focus in on those, uh, those kinds of things and understand it from a biblical worldview so that uh, not only can, can Christians understand their own beliefs, but also are able to communicate their beliefs in the arena of life that uh, that they happen to be working in. So how can they contact you to find out more and to set up maybe an initial seminar or a, a, you know, a little workshop or breakout session to get an understanding of this and see if they want to move further? How do they contact you, Dr. Davis? Well, uh, a good place to start would be with the Market Faith Ministries website, www.marketfaith.org. And by the way, there are tons of resources, free resources that are that are on the website, all kinds of articles and um, uh, books and uh, videos and podcasts and all kinds of things that are that are on the the website. Uh, then uh, people can contact me directly. Uh, our phone number and uh, email address are on the website, but uh, uh, but my phone number is 850-339-2679, and people can uh, certainly give me a call and if just want to talk and uh, kind of hash out 
some possibilities to, to explore what, uh, what the different possibilities might be that would be particularly relevant for their particular situation. So what makes you an expert in this area of worldview? Oh, uh, well, I dealt with it professionally, obviously, when we were missionaries. Uh, and so when we came back to the States and I saw the, the particular need th- that Christians have for being able to, to deal with this, uh, I began writing extensively on the topic for the specific purpose of equipping the saints for the work of ministry. Uh, and so my, I guess uh, my, my experience and my training uh, is in this arena. So when we look at worldview, I'm going to focus in on Christians right now. Why do Christians believe different things? Even though it's supposed to be a Christian worldview, why do they believe different things? Well, now, you know, that is a that is an excellent, excellent question that actually does uh, have a uh, uh that, that, that an understanding of worldview does help us grasp. You know, one of the things that, uh, that we need to understand about worldview is that there are three basic questions that you answer to define what your worldview is. And those three questions, what is the nature of ultimate reality? Typically, people, the question people ask with that is, uh, who is God? Uh, the second question is, what is a human being? And the third question is, what is the ultimate that people can accomplish or achieve in this life? And uh, typically, as Christians, we we answer we we frame that last question as, what is salvation? And so, those three are what I call the essentials of any belief system. And so, as we look at our Christian faith. Uh, as we answer those three questions, those are, that is the essence of the Christian faith. Now, you just referred to a bunch of other things. There are other beliefs that, uh, that are within the realm of biblical faith or within the realm of, uh, of the Christian faith that, that different individuals, different denominations, different groups, evaluate differently, things that relate to eschatology, things that relate to, to tongues, things that relate to uh, so you baptism. Would, and there's, you know, there's a lot of things. So where, would you consider those things to be secondary issues and not primary issues when it comes to the worldview from a Christian uh, perspective? Well, I, I don't use the word um, uh, primary and secondary. I typically use the, the terminology uh, essential and non-essential. Because the essential things are the things that actually tie us to God. If we get the essentials wrong, we are not in Christianity anymore. But even if uh, one of the things that I believe that are one of the non-essentials, even if I believe that with all my heart, that has nothing to do with my eternal salvation. And so uh, even if I get it wrong, I'm still a Christian. Even if I get that wrong, I'm still a brother with you, uh, which I think really has something very profound to say to 
uh, us as Christians, we we let our we let so many of these non-essentials divide us. Uh, whereas we ought to be focusing on the uh, the essentials and where we're united. And then if there are things that uh, that we don't agree on, we can easily agree to disagree because they're not that important. When you look at scripture in totality, we we typically hear the term sola scriptura. So how do you determine what's essential and what's non-essential when it comes to the word of God? Those, those, the answer to those three questions, who is God? What is man? What is salvation? And so once we, once we answer, and, and every, every biblical Christian is going to answer those the same way. I don't care. I don't care what denomination you are. I don't care what, um, uh, you know, what your particular interest and focus is on uh, different theological points of view. Those three things define the, the core of the Christian faith. By the way, uh, those three questions, the answer to those three questions also define the core of every other worldview, every worldview and every other belief system in existence as well. Uh, when we answer those three questions, we, uh, we get to the core of what those beliefs are. So uh, with our Christian faith, we answer those three questions, and that is the core of the Christian faith. And anything else... Um, I'm not saying they're not important. They are. They're very, very important. You know, they're they're biblical concepts, but they're not so important that we ought to be disfellowshipping each other or putting each other down. Excellent, excellent. Dr. Freddie Davis, the guru <laughs> <laughs> on worldview. Can I give you the last word here? What else would you like for us to know or share with the listening audience today with regard to the importance of worldview and knowing it in order to be an effective messenger? Well, you know, there are a lot of people that, um, that really don't like to fool with the idea of worldview, and it's because it's not our traditional way that in, you know, in past times that we have conceived of dealing with our faith and other faiths. Uh, it's not traditional because in the past we didn't have to have worldview understanding in order to be able to be effective in expressing our faith out in the world. The gospel hasn't changed, but my goodness, the society has changed. And the change that has taken place is at the worldview level. And so as Christians, if we are actually deadly serious about making an impact in the world, it's got to be at that level. And we have got to be able to understand uh, how to take uh, worldview ideas and translate those into our lives, into our lives as we live them and into our uh, communication as we interact with people that don't know a uh, relationship with Jesus Christ. While you were talking, another question came into my mind because you say now because of where we live and what's going on in the world. When I go back to the, the early formation of the church itself and the, and the book of Acts and, and the gospel being preached, but it was preached amongst people who did not believe 
in the Christian worldview at that time, but they didn't, did they have all of these resources now that we have to say, well, this is a distinctive worldview because I'm, I'm reminded of, I do believe Paul who preached to those who had the unknown God. And so therefore he didn't have a class, I would believe on worldview. So how was he able to deal with that situation without going through a class? Uh, that you know, that's a tremendous observation that you just made. Um, uh, you know, in one way, society as it exists in America now is much closer to the way that society existed back in the first century than uh, it was during the years that uh, that we were growing up, uh, because all of these different worldviews were prominent out in. Uh, in the society. Uh, in our day, in America, the naturalistic worldview dominates most um, uh, of the institutions of our society. Back in those days, it was animism. Uh, the, the Greek and Roman gods uh, were representative of an animistic worldview. And, you know, they not only had the, the, the big gods, the, the Olympic gods, if you will, but they also had you know, millions and millions of, uh, uh, of little gods that, uh, that had, that existed, you know, that they had altars for just all over, you know, Paul referenced that in, uh, in what you were talking about, uh, when he went to, um, uh, Athens and he walked around the city and he saw these, um, these different, uh, idols that were everywhere. Well, the people that became Christians in that day had to be able to communicate Christian theistic ideas primarily to people who were animists. But the thing is, you see, we didn't grow up in a naturalistic environment. We grew up, now people that are young people now are, but, but we grew up in a society that was dominated by Christian theism. And so we didn't have to understand, or we, we, we didn't naturally understand naturalistic ideas. But those people, they naturally did understand animistic ideas. So when they communicated the gospel, they, they knew how the other people thought. Because they grew up in that environment. Because they grew up in that themselves. And so, uh, but, you know, at the same time, uh, there's a whole lot of the New Testament that is dedicated to um, helping Christians understand the different false beliefs and false religions that were um, that were prominent during that time. You know, Gnosticism was very strong, and you've got uh, John in in um, uh, in his uh, you know first first second third John talking specifically about uh, how to uh, how the Christian beliefs contrasted with Gnostic false beliefs. Uh, and then you've, you've got, um, uh, you know, Paul talking a lot about uh, how Christians needed to interact with, uh, you know, food offered to idols, you know, here interacting with the animistic belief system. Uh, so, uh, so those things weren't being taught, uh, maybe not in a formal class of worldview, but, uh, but, but they did understand what, what the true beliefs were, what the false beliefs were, and were able to communicate across those barriers. 
So it's about they were immersed in that culture, and so they understood. So once they became Christians, they knew how to relate to someone because they knew what they thought. Whereas now we didn't grow up in that environment. We're gonna we're learning how other worldviews or those who possess those worldviews think, so that we can be able to communicate. Is that what you're exactly. saying? Exactly. Yeah. All right. Dr. Davis, it's always been a pleasure, man. I, I enjoy, you know, interviewing you and talking with you. If you ever got a new book coming out, you know, let it be heard first here on Mr. Speaker Speaks. Last question, Dr. Davis, what matters most to you? What matters most to me? Well, I think I'm just extremely passionate about what I do is uh, with uh, the worldview training. I, I firmly believe that, that uh, churches need to be seminaries. We need to uh, to put a real strong focus on uh, equipping our people to be able to express Christian beliefs and the Christian message in a society that uh, is increasingly anti-Christian. And so um, I'm, I'm very passionate uh, about uh, about training believers to be to do that. And that uh, that's probably what matters most to me at this point. All right. Equipping the saints, equipping the saints uh, so that they can effectively communicate the gospel. That's what he does. My friend, my brother in Christ, Dr. Freddie Davis. Learn more about him at marketfaith.org. That's marketfaith.org. And I will tell you, uh, full disclosure, he came to our church and he did a session on worldview. I want to say it was at least four weeks, if I recall. It may have been more. Um, did an excellent job, excellent job. And so you, you got an understanding of how to go ye therefore and make disciples of all men. Well, Dr. Davis, until next time, man, you just be, be good and keep doing what it is that you do. And may God's hand be upon you. Well, Vincent, it was a pleasure to be with you today. Thanks for having me on. All right. Well, we're getting ready to close it out here today. Want to thank you so very much for taking the time out of your day to listen to Mr. Speaker Speaks, the show that inspires, informs, and challenges the mind. You know, life is all about purpose. Do you know yours? Are you living your purpose? Hey, you know, purpose comes from God. And so you got to find it out. And once you find out, live it. Find out more about me at VincentTEdwards.com. Learn how you can protect your family at mrspeaker.com. That's M-R-S-P-K-R.com. But remember, in all that you do, be magnificent. And until next time, just be good, be blessed, but most of all, be a blessing to someone. Recording stopped.